You are listening to Tom Green, a series that joins classes from St. David's Boys National School in Artane as they learn about the life of Irish Antarctic explorer Tom Green from the book Iceman by Michael Smith. Now I'm with the boys of fifth class in St. David's Boys National School in Artane and I'm with Mr. Minogue's class and we've a big group here today. Now we've got Kean, Harry, Josh, Daniel, Callum, Oshin, Callum and Charlie. And Mr. Minogue, what are they going to talk about? Well, in line with the Tom Crean book, we uh, we had a few discussions about uh, technology and how things might have changed a lot in, oh, in the hundred years yeah. or so since Tom. And, uh, and of course, the book we're talking about is Iceman, written by Michael Smith, published by the Collins Press. So that's the backdrop to it. That's, that's so, the backdrop. Yeah. So we're going to compare, perhaps, what it was like when Tom <laughs> Crean was there and what we have today. And what we have today. And we didn't solely keep it with... Um, in Antarctic uh, missions, what they use in technology, just how technology has changed in the world. Absolutely. Uh, because while Tom was uh, traveling by ship, we we noticed many things that he couldn't do that today that ships could do. Ah, very such, good. Such as communications and different things like that. So, very um, good. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. We found, so, we yeah. found a little extract from the book that uh, we thought was interesting, <coughs> and um, Callum was going to read it there now. Right, Callum, just one second now, we just get the mic to you. And, oh, right, Callum, so you're going to read an extract from The Iceman, yeah. all about Tom Crean. Goodbye. Discovery arrived in Antarctic as autumn was approaching and the sudden sharp drop in temperatures shocked the explorers. The thermometer, the tomorrow, tomorrow, I can't pronounce it. Thermometer. <laughs> thermometer. Goodbye. You're <laughs> right. The seas froze, the ice closed in around Discovery. Unable to move the ship, was frozen solid in the ice escape was impossible the explorers did not have the ra- have a radio or telephone to contact oh, outside yes. world and alert rescuers no ships would pass by and no one was looking for them the green fields of new zealand the nearest civilized land were 3200 kilometers 2000 miles away so very interesting. Yeah, you read the book and you don't really strike you until you give the preamble there. So they no radio, they no means of communication, and they're trapped in the ice. They're trapped in the ice. Yeah. Now it's interesting that there was um, one of the previous classes mentioned that around Christmas time there was a uh, a ship, a modern ship, trapped in the ice also. But they had radio, they had satellite phones, they had everything. So there's a very interesting uh, comparison. So they're trapped and nobody knew where they were. Nobody knew they were there. And the other thing about it that comes across, Callum, is that the nearest land was 2,000 miles away. It's a long, long way, isn't it? And so you're trapped in the ice and nobody knows where they are and you can't communicate. So it's a totally different situation to today where you pick up your phone or you can post a letter or whatever, email. So it's incredible, isn't it, the difference? Funny you mentioned email. Um, Charlie did a bit of research, um, Charlie and Oshin. They looked into how modern communication um, on the boats and... Okay, so that's very... So we were talking now, the, the book we're talking about, and, and at that time, they were modern, but they had it was very difficult to communicate. So now we have a totally different situation. So Charlie, will you tell us what you found? Yeah, communication has changed a lot over the past few years. And in 1991, the World Wide Web was released and, uh, like... Ages ago, they couldn't. They didn't have any way to contact each other, and they there are now over seven billion phones in the world today. Seven billion! <laughs> My goodness. 
if you go back to Tom Crean's day and the extract that Callum read out, they were trapped in the ice for months and months and months. Nobody knew where they were and they couldn't tell anybody their situation. Whereas today, if they had a modern satellite phone or whatever, that message would go out immediately. Um, other examples, Mr. Minogue, of social media? Have you? Well, I'm not sure about social media, but Keen looked into more modern technology and how it's advanced. Good man, Keen. Would you tell us what you found? Phones have advanced from making calls and texts to now being able to Google and navigate. So, for the benefit of listeners who never heard of Google, what do you mean by you Google something? What's that mean? Like, I don't know. You see, that, that's what I'm saying, that in your modern language, it's just, it's, it's taken for granted. Harry, can you describe to somebody what you mean by Googling? Yeah, you can go on and... Go on what now? Online, is on it? Go on Google. And you go it's in an and... App. If you wanted to look up something, you could go yeah, in, is it? and then go on to it and search up anything and it tells you. So if I wanted to say, um, let's say we're talking about Tom Crean. Yeah. If we wanted to look up something online on Tom Crean, you'd go into Google... And you type in Tom Crean, is it? Yeah. And it would tell you? And tell all about him in the Antarctic and all. So that's, oh, I see. So the, the it's like, it's, it's information information at your fingertips. Yeah. So so Googling something is looking it up. Long, long ago, you go to a book maybe or an encyclopedia. Now it's there online. Yeah. Okay. And would you would you use Google to look up something? Yeah. C- can you give me an example of what you've looked up? Liverpool now? fixtures. And Lift, are you a follower of Liverpool? Yeah. So, and, and what's that? Is that a, are they? Football club. Oh, I thought there were fellas who went to the Antarctic. No, I'm only joking. I'd, so, I'd use Google to look up the Liverpool fixtures just to make sure I could avoid them. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> so, so the, the, the modern technology or the technology that you guys are using is utterly and totally different to what Tom Crean was using. Because what they were using was pen and paper. Using post, maybe you send a pigeon. That was a way of uh, mapping as well. Was a, a big thing. It's changed absolutely because when they arrived in the Antarctic, there was, there was nothing. There were there were the first people there in many cases. So it was just a huge expanse of unexplored uh, of, of land. And now, and would you explain to me about the mapping now? What would they use? Um, I think Tinkin had mentioned GPS, or he said he said navigating there. So like, so can you d- develop that thing of navigation, Keen? Like, say if you want to. So if you like, you want to go to a place and yeah. So we're here now, and I I want to go say to um, uh, to Galway. Yeah. Right, and I'm I don't know how to go. You'd you'd go onto the onto the, onto the computer onto the web onto yeah. the world web. Come to your phone or something. A oh, phone, sorry. Okay, and you what you you'd what you what would you do? You go onto you go onto the navigate and straight up Galway. You just yeah. type in Galway, and it would tell you the route. Go on such a number of road for the M50 or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's how it's done. Whereas, in my generation, we we get out a map, a physical map, and we would plot it. Whereas now you use your phone, and is it true that using that system, the phone will talk to you and tell you what to do? Yeah, it like tells you like to take right and uh, to take left. Okay, and if you if you if you take a wrong turning, will will it will it correct you? It'll tell you, you take the wrong turn. Go. So, is it true, by the way, Miss Minogue, you can call up, ask for a particular type of voice on this, on this navigation system? Oh, well, yeah, different apps can give you different options. Yeah. So it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, Keen. Did you Have you anything else there on, on that? Satellite televisions, iPads, game consoles, 3D technology, remote technology, and all that. So that's... 
it's it's just an abundance of abundance and it's changing all the time yeah. it's extraordinary yeah i think if you look at the advancement of technology in the last 10 years 15 years it is extraordinary and keep going back to tom green you know they had nothing in comparison and yet they had probably the latest technology at that time you know, so that it, everything is in a fixed point. In the years to come, people will look back at us and say, imagine that we're using, you know, they're holding their phone. Yeah, they yeah. probably will have a chip you put inside your head or something, you know. So, uh, now, Mr. Mado, what other topic would you like to talk about? Well, um, it was just, we kind of looked at all the, the advancements in technology. We tried to look at a bit of the technology that was used at the time, but as you said, it was it was very basic. like Very, very limited, yeah. Very limited, like, but... Um, I think Daniel there looked at, at the ships and kind of the way they've changed and that's technology has led to the change in, in, in okay. transport so, even. Come on, Daniel, tell us what you found. There was more of, there was engines and there was no engines back in Tom Crane's time. So above, it was a sailing ship, is it? They yeah. use sails and they use the wind. Yeah. So if they wanted to go to a particular point, they had to go at a particular time of year because the winds were blowing that direction at that time, is it? Yeah. yeah, and then there was GPS systems now, there was none back there, and the equipment has changed a lot. As Keen said there about the navigation system and yeah. all that. So so when they got, when they, in Tom Crean's day, they got on a boat and they used the wind, and how did they find their way around, I wonder? What sort of system did they use? They had to use a thing called a sextant, Compass. which they, they were calling shooting the sun. They could work out where they were. By the angle of the sun and so on, but I mean, when you think of it, you just pump it into a piece of equipment and it tells you where you are instantly. Instantly. Yeah. So there was compasses as well. What is it? Tom Crane used the compass. Compass, right? But what for somebody who never heard, what's a compass? Like a thing that tells you where you're going if you're going north to or east. If you're ah, going very good. So your the the little unit will always tell you where north is. So yeah. if you wanted to go east, you'd go in a particular direction from that point. Yeah. So the compass was very important for them, wasn't it? Yeah. Because if you d- even today, if you're in the wilderness, a compass is a very, a very important piece of equipment. If you didn't have your phone key to for navigate, if you had to find, if you're out in the, say, the wilds of a place in South America, someplace, if you wanted to get back to your base, you, your compass would be very important. So, Daniel, you mentioned that the Tom Crean's uh, traveler was by sailing ship, yeah. and then they, you said they developed engines. Yeah. And that would be, instead of the sail, they would use a propeller, is it? Yeah. All right. And what sort of um, fuel would they use to, 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 to turn the engine? Coal? Yeah, coal. Timber? Timber, yeah. yeah. And then I suppose it went on to oil. And now it went on to then diesels, I suppose. Diesel and now it's, yeah. now it's nuclear power, maybe. So, you know, so oh, the submarines and the... Yeah. Bigger ships, yeah. yeah. So it's incredible, isn't it? How again, and that mode of transport. And we talk of traveling by you mentioned about your family, your auntie in Australia, yeah. long in Tom Crean's day, it would take you six months, probably even more, to, to get there. Now it's 22 hours and stop in the plane. So it's extraordinary the, the changes. Yeah. So, Daniel, would you imagine sailing on a ship right down to the Antarctic with no engines, just depending on the wind? Would you fancy that? No. I don't think so either. Very good. So, anything else, Mr. Malogue? So, anybody else? How about uh, Oshin? What did you come up with, Oshin? And in 1957, the former USSR launched the first man-made satellite. 
Very good. So they were going into or exploring into space. Yeah. Very good. And anything else? Um, Alexander Graham Bell made the first phone on March 7th, 1876. So 1876. 1870, that's 140 years ago, the first telephone. Yeah. Very good. And we, now, the big difference in those days, the telephone from, if you were phoning somebody, was connected by a copper wire. Isn't that right? A physical wire. Whereas nowadays, it's all wireless. It's wireless, and that's what the term comes from. You know, the landline that we call it today is still connected mainly by a copper wire. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they can use, I think, some other... Uh, fibre optics. Fibre optics, yeah. So, wireless, that's where you heard the expression wireless, that young people will take it for granted. But wireless means that it's a totally different uh, technology. So, have we now... Uh, before, Josh, have you something to say before we finish up? Yeah, I have how it changed, how technology has changed. Very good, go ahead. In the 21st century, technology has changed the ways in we c- communicate and go about our lives. Very good. That's very, That's a nice way of sum- summarising it. And the other, Callum, Callum, have you something to say before we finish? What did you find in... Goodbye. Um, don't know. You don't know? Okay. Right. Okay. What's on your sheet there, your research sheet? Just read it out there. <coughs> Mobile phones appeared in Ireland in 1995. Phones have advanced from making calls and text, now being be able to Google and navigate. All under your piece of, like the phone in your hand. Now, did you, did you ever see the first mobile phones? No. They, they were the size of a brick. Weren't they? they were huge. I think the first one was you had to use the suitcase. Suitcase. Suitcase, yeah. yeah. So things have changed so much. Boys, we've run out of time. I want to thank Mr. Minogue's fifth class. I want to thank Kean, Harry, Josh, Daniel, Callum, Oshin, Callum and Charlie who contributed to this morning's or today's programme all about technology. And boys, in a couple of years' time you'll be looking back and the things there'll be more changes and that's the big thing we're getting across. Technology is constantly changing. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, and we're signing off from the boys in it's St. Davis National School, our team. Right, we're here in St. David's Boys National School on the Kilmore Road in Lartain. And with me are boys from the fifth class, Mr. Minogue's class. You're welcome, Mr. Minogue. Thank you very much. And we've got Gavin, Kean, Sebi, Ross, Sean and Killian. You're very welcome, boys. Now, and the topic we're going to talk about today is? Food. Food. And so we're, we're going to look at, I suppose, the food that... Uh, by the way, we're going to be talking about the book called uh, the Iceman, all about Tom Crean, written by Michael Smith. And we're going, I presume we're going to talk about uh, with the food that they had in those days and what maybe what we have today. Yeah, we yeah. Got, we looked up a bit of information about the food that they ate, but we also looked at, uh, because it, it came up in the book a lot, about what your body needs to eat. So we looked at uh, All right. looked at um, what what the different types of fuel your body needs. Ah, what you need. Very good. Oh, that's great. Going. So, and Gavin, I believe you're going to read a section from the book first. All right? Goodbye. Yeah. The explorers' food was horrible, yet they had no choice but to eat it. There was no alternative. The basic meal on the march was made from dried meat paste called pemmican. The paste was mixed with boiling water and dried biscuits. 
biscuits, which made an unsavoury dish that looked like thick porridge. Okay, so just imagine what that was like. So you can imagine, say, if you had something like um, cooked meat and it's mashed up into a paste, hot water is added to it, and they put a lot of a biscuit. You know what a a marietta biscuit is like, a plain biscuit, crunched into that. Doesn't sound nice, does it? So if if I brought in a pot of that today, would you eat it, Kian? If I gave you a, a mug of it? Yeah. No. No, it, it doesn't sound very appetising. So that's the food that they had in those days, every day for every meal. Imagine that. Now, sometimes they might kill a seal and they might get some meat out of, out of that. So it, was, it, was, it wasn't very very nice, was it? Doesn't sound very appealing, yeah. yeah. And in terms of when, when Tom Crean was a young man, Mr Minogue, what sort of food would he have eaten back in his, on the home farm? Well, potato was the, the staple, I think, was in, it, yeah. in Kerry back in the time. Yeah. So and that's why when the famine took place, when the potato harvest failed, there was no food. And people starved to death because that's all they had. So even, But then when they went on to explorers, they had to carry all that food with them. So it, was, it wasn't so nice. As I told there some other boys earlier on, they couldn't go down the road to McDonald's. And get a bag of chips or a there, burger or something. There, there wasn't a big variety. Um, no. Myself and Sean looked um, just this morning actually at uh, two sample menus. Um, oh. The 1912 menu versus a 2012 menu in Antarctica. Very good. So Sean might be able to tell you. Oh, come on, Sean. So you, will you tell us that if we if we go back now, we pretend we're in 1912? <laughs> um, which is we'll what? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's modern. about 100 years ago. So you're going to tell us what they would have eaten. Uh, modern explorers use dried food, um, food packs. This is powdered some samples, which will contain all like all the need you need, all protein, like iron, and vitamins. vitamins and all that. Okay, yeah. so that's the modern food, is it? Yeah. Today, after we're exploring, and and you you mentioned Gavin in the days, Tom Crean's days, uh, that they would have eaten this stuff. So in 1912, they would have had that basic sort of a... Um, yeah, so f- from what we saw this morning, um, some of the, the the menu actually is is the same. So they, they eat pemmican now still. They do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And they they also eat... Uh, I, I was surprised to see that, um, Sean will tell you there, uh, about the calorie intake for... Or back in Tom Green's day. Um, Captain today. Scott's crew ate near 5,000 calories a day, while a modern explorer eats about 3,500 calories. Wow. Yeah, I was very surprised by that as well. Very surprised. Okay. But it's the modern explorer has a more rounded diet. And of course, also, <clears throat> the men, Tom Crean in his day, had much more physical work that they exactly, pulled yeah. the sledge with all their tents and all their gear in it, so they, they needed that... Uh, food imagine having to eat that what was they call hoosh was that what they called hoosh, it yeah. because in order to, you had to have the fuel it's like putting fuel in the in in car today you had to have that fuel that, that food in it wasn't very nice whereas the modern food it might, it might be the same it's probably more varied in different flavours and so on it could be quite different so anything else so so just to recap the boy Tom Crean's there was 5000 calories is it they would have taken yeah. a day, and the modern men, if they were travelling, is three, three and a half thousand. Very interesting. Okay, so um, so what else, Mr. Uh Well, then, Kean and Ross and Sebi looked at the different fuels that our body actually needs after we looked at what they ate in, in um, Antarctica. We were very interested to read about scurvy, um, 
Killian had a reading and or score for yes. We have the book here. Have the book here yeah. I think it's page forty-seven. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is the is the section that you showed me earlier? Yeah. And I have it here. Yes. Now, this is a disease which is caused <coughs> from the absence of certain elements in food, isn't it? So, will you tell us so, uh, Killian? Yeah. Lieutenant Evans' illness was no ordinary complaint. He had developed the dreaded disease of scurvy, the ailment which had been the curse of sailors for centuries. It's caused by a lack of vitamin C in the body. Humans normally get their vitamin C from eating fruit, oh, fresh food, fruit, meat or vegetables in modern times. Scurvy has almost ceased to exist. So that sounds horrible, doesn't it? So you're down in the Antarctic, you need oranges or something like that. And remember the Antarctic, what grows in the Antarctic? Nothing. Isn't that right? So you had to carry everything with them. So... That disease, scurvy, was a terrible disease because your teeth would fall out and your whole system would break down because of the element of vitamin C. Isn't that right? And and it's extraordinary to think that uh, even today, if you didn't get those vitamins, you would develop that disease today. So we're very lucky that we have such a, a balanced uh, diet. So can you imagine, Killian, getting that disease? No. It's, it wouldn't be nice, would it? Yeah, and uh, so that 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 poor sailor, that Lieutenant Evans, uh, had. Uh, and what 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 what's the cure now? If you if you were getting that, how would you cure it? Do you think? You'd have know. you'd have to get uh, fresh meat. So that's why the 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 seal meat was very important to those men because it gave them some of the elements that they were missing in their in their diet. Okay. So Keen Ross and Sebi. Uh Worked upon that, and they looked at uh, what the body needs. So Keen has a bit of information there. So Keen, what 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 would I need today now to keep fit and well? Salt, sugar, vitamins, calcium, fats, acids, iron, protein. So give that to me again. Call it out again. Uh, vitamins. Vitamins, calcium, fats, sugars, salt, iron, protein. Okay, so I'll get calcium from milk, I suppose, um, and I suppose I'll get the elements from meat or fish. The proteins from there, um, vegetables will give me other. Is, uh, what else? What else did you say? Sugars. Now that that's a big problem in the modern diet, isn't it? But they they say that sh- the sugar, too much sugar, too is too much. What, I think is the problem. It's, it's a problem, yeah. And I think that the re- the research is showing that we have far too big a sugar intake. You know, before it was you talk about salt, but I think sugar is the new is the new problem. Uh, sorry, Keen, what else did you call out there? Iron was it? Iron. Where would you get our known foods? If, uh, maybe vegetables, maybe cabbage or broccoli, something like that, or liver. In, red meat, I think. Red meat, yeah. Um, so you can imagine, just call that list out again, Kim, because I think if you contrast what the men, Tom Crean, uh, had or didn't have, so you have... Salt, right. sugar, vitamins, <laughs> calcium, fats, acids, iron, protein. So... So if you can imagine that if, if in Tom Crean's day, if he didn't have that balanced diet, you'd get this dreadful disease of uh, a scurvy. And it was the vitamin C was the big missing thing. Fresh vegetables, um, it was it was the big thing. And the old sailors, they they, <coughs> they would bring citrus fruits on them uh, with them, and that 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 would protect them against uh, against um, uh, scurvy. And Sebi, what did you find? We need these four from we day we. Take salt, vitamins, calcium, fats, acid, and iron, and proteins from 
fresh food and right. fruit and vegetables. So that's so that's that's uh, that's just highlighting the importance of fresh food, veg and uh, uh, proper food to, to survive. And today, in in famine areas, when people don't have those foods, they they get diseases like scurvy or, or other types of diseases. So <clears throat> it's not gone from our society. It's 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 on the world. It's it's amazing that we have parts of the, the world which are very well fed like us we're extraordinarily well fed too well fed maybe and you have parts say maybe of Asia or Africa and God help us they're, they're in an awful state um, Ross will tell you that we we looked at a food pyramid yesterday for a, a balanced diet a food pyramid now I've heard I've heard of a food pyramid this is where is this where you have um, like fats and fruit and meat in, in a particular order it'll just show you yeah that at the bottom of the fruit the food pyramid which is the widest um, point to a pyramid. It shows uh, what you should have a lot of intake, so maybe breads and uh, some proteins, but maybe not meat and all these other things that, sh- that would be higher up the food pyramid because you shouldn't eat, maybe we eat too much meat. So the the higher up you go, the less, the you, less you need. Intake. So Ross, what do you think at the very top? What's the thing that you, sh- you should try and reduce? Nutrition, it's... It is uh, important to eat a lot of uh, different things to keep it healthy. Or oh, to get this balance, isn't that right? Yeah. So if if I gave if I was going to feed you Ross now and I only gave you Mars bars or I gave you Kit Kats and that's all you could eat, do you no. think that would be bad for you? Yeah. Because you know, it's only one type, whereas if you must have a mixture and that's why they say you must eat fruits and cereals and pastas and potatoes and all that mixture. So... Is that why you shouldn't be eating out of McDonald's every day? Nothing against McDonald's, but yeah. if you had that diet all the time, what would happen, I wonder? Get fat. You'd get fat. And you'd be missing certain uh, elements, wouldn't you? And you'd get uh, get sick. So what foods do you like, Ross, that you think maybe you shouldn't eat as much? Do you like sweets? Chocolate. Chocolate. I'm the same. I love chocolate too, and I'm not supposed to eat it, but I, I do. So what... Would you eat now? Do you like fruit? Would you eat fruit? What's your yeah. favourite fruit? Probably bananas. No. No, probably an apple. An apple. Now, can you imagine Tom Crean down in the Antarctic all those years ago, and he was thinking of an apple? Maybe there's no apples around. If he did, he'd have to carry it, and after a few months, it would all be dried up and everything. So, um, Kian, well, what's what's your favourite uh, f- fruit? What if I was going to give you a fruit? Would you grapes. like grapes? Grapes, uh, uh, green or red? Red. Or black? Is it red? Or what? What oh. colours are they? Green and different. Green and red, I presume. Green and red, yeah. So you like grapes, and do you like the pips of them are seedless? No, I don't like the pips. No. You don't like the pips, I see. And uh, Sebi, what fruit would you like? Uh, apples and strawberries. Strawberries, very nice. Very nice. Poor old Tom Crean didn't the strawberries or anything like that on, no, on the Antarctic. Sean actually looked this morning at um, what what we uh, what we use what the modern explorers use to instead of as as a supplement. Um, vitamins and supplies can be taken with tablets. Example. Proactive. Supplements, I think it is. It is it. Yeah. yeah. Supplements. Yeah. So a supplement is something extra that you eat. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So you would take. Um, a particular type of vitamin or something that you were missing, you would take an extra piece of that, is it? Yeah. And that would give you a balanced diet. What else did you find? Um, It's basically an example of Barocca. Oh, very good. The, the drink to give you a boost. 
Very good. Full of vitamins, CD. Yeah. And Poor old Tom Crean didn't have those. No, Barack. Uh, all he had was, was uh, hoosh. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah. And what, what did, can you remember from the book, what did uh, Tom Crean and his colleagues add to the hoosh to give it a bit of flavour? Can anybody remember? Yeah. It was a powder. Yes. Curry powder. Curry powder. Now, can you imagine the hoosh, which is what the, the, the Gavin, remember you said it was the, the, the meat paste with hot water and biscuits and curry powder. Doesn't sound nice, does it? Mm. So for today's dinner, that's what, that's what you're all going to have. How about that? If you went home and you were given that in a, t- in a tin mug, what would you eat it? Mm. If you were hungry, you would. So the poor men on the ice would, would certainly would certainly eat that. So what else, Mr. Minogue, have you come across anything else? That was kind of... What do you think that the, the, the modern athletes today, like, say, the Dublin footballers now, what do you think they would be eating in their diet? Gavin? Steaks. Yes, and, and what, what do you think, the, what would the steak do? Do you remember Keen read out, he said there was iron and there was vitamins. What else again? can you give to me again? Uh, Protein. Protein, very good. What else? Calcium. Calcium, yeah. So, uh, I want to thank you, Mr. Minogue, and the boys in fifth class, and I want to thank Gavin, Kean, Sebi, Ross, Sean, and Killian for contributing to the, our programme today. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. Thanks very much. This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.